Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I am the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I'm so excited because I have such an awesome guest on the show today. His name is Yanni Satas, and he is a sober coach, and he is just going to share his story of strength and resilience. And I'm so thankful and grateful to have you on the show, Yanni. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So uh, I'm going to, I'll start off with this. My name is Yanni, and I'm a recovered addict, for starters. Uh, I cleaned up on November 1st, 2016. And uh, it was, today I look back and it was actually the best thing I did in my life for myself. I mean, uh, I'm just gonna share a little fast, you know, the, 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 common, uh, the common addict hurting everybody around him. You know, the, the best example that I give myself is look at a tornado going through a village. That's what I was with everything I touched without being conscious that I was doing that, right? Without having the conscious that I was hurting people, everybody around around me, and believing that it was all their fault, that there was nothing wrong with me. So anyways, uh, I went into I, a... Tr- I just, I'm thanking you so much for sharing that because I know the listeners are all thinking, oh my gosh, like, because I know there, it is a life of turmoil sometimes when you love someone with an addiction and just for you, and I love the metaphor you used about the tornado going through a village and um, that it does affect the people in the village. Um, you know, it's a, it's a family disease and and the fact that you just brought that up and also um, the, the piece that you weren't even aware that you were doing that um, is so touching. And um, I know that a lot of listeners are probably, you know, really feeling that tornado that is going through. So thank you so much for sharing that but please continue tell us your story thank thank you once again and uh that's it so i ended up going to a treatment center uh i share this i share this point in in every podcast everywhere i go any like i speak in youth high schools uh everything i do it came to a point where i i wanted to ask for help and i didn't know how right so I, I remember it was five o'clock, about 5.30 in the morning. I walked into my mother's house. I fell on my knees. I told my mom, uh, mom, do me a favor, please call the police. Tell the cops I, I beat you up. I need to go to jail to relax. Mm. And it was the part where like cocaine had beaten me. You know, and it's not... And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually proud to say that because surrendering changed my life, right? Accepting that I have a problem changed my life. You know, I look back when I say, mom, why I choose this this experience in my life is because I put my mom through hell. 
I put my 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 girlfriend today, which was my girlfriend at the time, then became an ex-girlfriend and a girlfriend again. Put I put her through hell. And I didn't even know I was doing it to them. And you know what? Saying sorry all the time doesn't doesn't cut it. Like it's I have to do it with actions, right? You know, so I was in conscience. I'm not I'm not saying it playing the victim here, right? It, but it was really stuff that I wasn't aware of that I was doing. But tuning into accepting, right? Not resisting anymore to change. It uh, saved my life because personally, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. I wouldn't be here doing this podcast and I don't believe I would be alive. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your story, Yanni, about that. And um, so I'm I'm really curious and I'm sure the listeners will also be curious is like, we want so badly for the people in our lives to get sober. We want so badly for them to, you know, stop doing what they're doing and just like, um, just realize almost like the destruction that they're creating. And it's, it's almost like it's so, it's almost like, I want to ask you, it's like, like what, like I, we all wish, like what, what's that thing that made you decide that that's to surrender? Like, what's that thing that made you say, I need help? Like they, you know, that breaking point and, and that proverbial, you know, rock bottom. Um, because I'm sure like everyone's so curious about that. I remember Googling it. When's he going to hit rock bottom? I want him to hit rock bottom so that he can get sober. And, you know, the pain, pain, it's the pain. It's not being comfortable with yourself. It's you've had enough. You can't live with yourself. Uh, for my situation, it was I wasn't happy when I was clean, sober, and I wasn't happy when I was drunk and high. Mm. So the pain, nothing was working for me. Nothing was nothing exterior, because if you looked at me from an exterior point of view, there were, you, you thought that there was nothing wrong with me. Like I have a house, two cars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, the, all the material stuff. But I mean... I wasn't happy. Mm. I wasn't, I couldn't take the pain anymore. Like I never acted out on suicide, but the suicidal thoughts were there. You know, because I couldn't, like it, it came to a point where I accepted I had a problem. So that's the way it is. I'm always going to be a, an addict. Then there, there came a point where I couldn't handle the pain. And then I guess that's where the point comes where there's change, right? Mm. Because I, when I walked into that treatment center, I took a deep breath. I was scared. Obviously, we're scared of the unknown. But it's like I, I told myself, I hit home. There's no looking back. Mm. So it, it hurt. It was a lot of pain. A lot of pain. And like I was ready. Like I wasn't resistant to what they were telling me. Like it was foreign. Like meditation, for example, was foreign to me. I didn't know what it was. You know, but I listened. The whole point was to listen, to listen to the suggestions, to to listen, to get to get a like a, a coach. I did get a coach, you know, and then through my recovery coach, I got a fitness coach. I have a life coach. I have all these coaches for because I'm accountable to these people. Yes. You know, well, work gets I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that work gets done better because you have to show your work to somebody. Accountability is beautiful. Yes. So I'm curious, like, what was your biggest struggle um, when, I guess, getting sober and, you know, facing all the people that you've heard and, um, like, what was your biggest struggle through that whole process? That nobody believed that I was going to stay sober. Oh, wow. 
you know, nobody believed that uh, I was going to make it. And you know what? I thank them today because I told myself, I'll show all you people, all you guys, friends, girls, that I'm going to get clean. I'm going to stay clean. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. And it was, I had to do it with actions. I couldn't do it with words anymore, right? So actions is I have to stay clean, one. So no matter what, I don't pick up and I don't use. So for the first time in my life, I didn't speak. And I just went with actions, complete actions, yeah. complete action. Oh my gosh. I just want to celebrate that because I, you know, we, we get love bombed, we get letters, we get apologies, you know, things like that when you love someone with an addiction. And then it just like, suddenly that goes out the window because then the actions, like it's like, and then suddenly they're taking off at night again and you know, all those things. So um, is so true. Actions speak louder than words. We've all heard that expression. And um, so that is just beautiful that you're like, okay, you know what, you may not believe that I'll stay sober, or you may not. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start proving I'm going to start proving uh, myself through my actions. And I just want to celebrate that that's that's wonderful. So I guess I'm really curious to like how from your perspective, and from the lens that you're in, um, and, and all the listeners that love someone with an addiction, what, what, what advice would you give them um, in order to support their life? I mean, we're told, you know, make sure you're not enabling. We're told you're becoming codependent. We're told all these things. But I'm really curious from your perspective, um, what, and it's probably different for everyone in every situation, but, you know, what are some nuggets that you can give us to best support the person that we love? Stay firm give them their options, stay clear with their options, set strong boundaries, don't enable them because the truth is that they are going to manip manipulate you the way I did. And when I speak, when I, when I speak in the they, I speak of what things I did, right? This is not opinionated, right? This is facts from my life. So I, you know, like a, I go back to the tornado for a second, right? So I did everything in, in my power to keep control of what I have so I can drink and use, whether it was family, whether it was my, my girlfriend that I cherish. You know, I've been with her for 16 years altogether, right? And it was all from money to being, I was never, my intention of being nice wasn't to be nice. My intention of being nice was not to get thrown out on the street from, from, my go not the door to get locked for my girlfriend, not the door to get locked for my, my family. You know, my intention wasn't pure behind anything. I went into everything I did in my life to go get. Mm. So the boundaries have to be really strong because if, if the boundaries were strong on my end, who knows, maybe I would have cleaned up a lot faster. Okay, so I'm hearing a lot of um, like be, staying firm, get firm with your boundaries, know what your boundaries are, um, and to not enable. And um, and and uh, the other piece that really stands out to me, which really makes me sad, actually, is this manipulation piece. And it's almost like it's the drug takes over so much, and the addiction rather takes over so much to a point where it, you know where reason goes out, where it's almost like you're not even, you're not even, you're, you're basically manipulating and being kind so that it can cover your addiction. So it can look after your addiction. That yeah. is really, really sad. Yeah. And you know, we're like, we're not even aware of that, that it, we're doing that. We think it's normal. Like I believe it was normal. I believe everybody was like that. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and then you realize, like, I work, I, I work with with a decent amount of clients down here in Montreal, okay? And I tell them, all right, like, I, I give them, like, let's say a, a, a man that's married with two children is trying to clean up, okay? And exactly, like, I like giving good examples is I tell them, you know, your actions, you tell me you love your children, right? What do your actions say that you don't? And I'm direct with him. Like, leave what you believe because what, like, this was this was told to me early on, okay? The only place that you were able to bring yourself was in a treatment center. So I don't know if I can swear. He told me, you know, keep your mouth zip, mm -hmm. open your ears, maybe you'll learn something, and maybe you'll get a chance to live. And, you know, I got mad at the time that he told me that, but it's true. I appreciate him for that because he opened my eyes. So, and it's not I had a more difficult life than you or you had a more difficult life than me or I was on the street and you, were, you weren't on the street. It's, you know, that's all justifications, you know, because it's the same emotions. Like if I sit down with an addict and he talks to me, I'm just going to answer me too. Me too. You're not alone in this. I've went through and I've, I've lived what you've lived emotionally attached to the same thing. Like, you know, abandonment, for example, is something that I carried with me for a very long time and I wasn't aware, comes in many forms. But we look for the core, right? To understand why we felt abandoned. And that's how we overcome it. Mm-hmm. So I, I know some of the research does show that um, sometimes we're trying to numb pain that we haven't processed. And one of the uh, like one of the reasons some people they turn to drugs or alcohol is that that the sheer fact that it is numbing internalized pain. So um, so I, I, I'm really appreciative of that conversation that you had, that it was able to really spark you know, realization for you and it was able to help you get sober and, you know, to create a whole now career supporting others. Um, so I'm wondering, like, what was your biggest lesson through all of this? To be of service. To actually help people. To actually find a purpose. Like, to actually be happy. To actually be able to sit down with somebody and see them change. Like I have client, I have always, and specifically one client, and I, like I, obviously I won't say his name for, for for reasons, is that he was divorced, lost his job. We sat down and in two years, started his own businesses back with his family, and it's all just the opposite. Instead of always trying to take, always going into places trying to give. Mm. You know, it's uh, there's no. There's no more beautiful thing in the world than to see that, than to be able to, to live that, right? Oh, I so agree. Being of service. And the other piece of it is too, is turning pain into purpose. So, uh, and that's why I wrote the book, Create This Podcast, Everything, because I believe never let struggle go to waste. And so you're, what you're doing and, and your shift and your pivot in your career, supporting others, being of service to others. Um, is is can apply to everyone, right? Um, in positive psychology and studies, they show that acts of kindness and being of service is a wonderful way that actually feeds positivity and, and feeds our positive emotions and helps us to feel better and happier and 
Um, the other piece that I love that you touched on was this idea of hope. And when you're helping others and you're pivoting and you're like moving in a new direction and also hearing your story and making people feel like they're not alone. And, and I really am grateful for you being on the show too. So people can gain that perspective um, when they do, because, you know, the listeners are people who love someone with an addiction. So, um, you know, I, I don't want you to get attacked in any way because, you know, sometimes there's some anger built up and there's like, but I just, I believe that, you know, we're all worthy of love and we're, we're, we all have our struggles and things that we're going through. So I love that your main lesson through all this is now to be of service and to help others and, and you helping people get sober and you helping people through the recovery actually ends up helping all these people that do love someone with an addiction. So, so commendable and, and amazing. So my, uh, another question that I have is, is for the listener, for the person, people uh, that are listening and they do love someone with an addiction, maybe they're in the muck of it and they're really struggling. Um, what advice would you give them or what message do you want to share with them? Don't give up on the person because they're not bad people. Mm. You know, they've lost control of, of their life. They've lost control of their, of their emotions, you know? Give them a chance. Keep your boundaries. Do whatever you need to do for yourself. But don't don't forget about these people. Don't like just shove them under under the bus. Let's say for a second, you know. Try to try to guide them. They'll they will never forget that. And they'll keep. And you know. And I'll say it. I'll say it out loud too. Right. Uh, I was trying to get into treatment, and uh, I went to a treatment center. It cost me thirty thousand dollars. And I'll say this, right? And I was looking for my brother. My, my brother is really well off, okay? So I remortgaged, I was remortgaging my home and I was looking for my brother for a week and he wasn't answering his phone just to lend me the 30,000 so I can go into treatment. And I called, a, I called a family member of mine, a distant family member, and he didn't even question me. He cut me a check and he gave it to me. Ask me today who I value more as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might get mad that I'm saying brother and family, but you know, that taught me that family's there because they're there. People that are gonna are gonna help you through an action, you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that is so beautiful, and and the piece that I love about that you said is. Um, look after yourself, like set these boundaries, don't yeah. give up on them, like don't give up on them, but have your boundaries. Yeah. Um, and and I think sometimes to um, back to your example, I know that people who love someone with an addiction often have been hurt time and time and time and time and time again, yeah. that um, sometimes that the boundary might be not to enable them and not to, you know, provide them with that financial support. Um, so, I mean, every situation is different and, um, but I do love your message in that piece about not giving up on them and, um, to, to show them love and be there for them. But, and as we say, and I write in the book about it too, is loving from a distance sometimes is required. So, um, just so that you can save yourself and take care of you. Um, and so that I really do appreciate that message. And also it provides, um, us who love someone with an addiction with that that degree of hope again that you know what you know what be there for them love them um not give up on them that they've and i like the piece too that they've just lost control they've lost control of their emotions and i usually and i used to say too he's like literally my my um ex 
is a walking zombie. He's an empty vessel of a person that he used to be. And my hope was, I just wish that he would come back to the person that I fell in love with. And that was what kept me there for so long. And, um, but it's true. Like he, he just, there is no, like the, there is no emotional regulation. And I felt like literally like, you know, I was mourning the loss of somebody that was living. Like it was like he had died. He was not, not there. So, and his drug of choice too was cocaine. So, um, and alcohol, but I, I do love that message, um, is to, you know, set your boundaries, love, love from a distance, not your words, but, um, don't give up on them. Um, and then, but do what you need to do to protect yourself. And that is, that is what this whole podcast is about the support group, the book, because, you know, you, you do, you need to save yourself and look after you, but then at the same time, not give up on the addicted loved one in your life. Great message. You're, you're you're absolutely, you said it absolutely right. You know, love from a distance because you have to take care of yourself. Anybody, anybody who's listening out there, you have to take care of yourself. Right. And love from a distance but don't forget don't don't let the the addict and i'm saying this direct direct to whoever's listening don't let him manipulate you don't let him financially like whatever he tells you it's not it, it's going to drugs you know it, it comes to to a level where that that's all like that we care about mm-hmm. you know pointing like how are we going to get our drugs today what are we going to do to get our drugs today you know and if they hit a wall, like when, when I hit a wall, I wanted to change. So you're helping them by being, by loving from a distance. You're not, you know, it might not feel like you're helping them, like close the door on them. You know, because you're, you're actually helping them. Like reality hits, like doors are closing. I don't have a choice. I have to change here. Yes. So you really have home. You really hit home with love, loving from a distance. Yeah. So just letting them know that you're there and that, that this is really sad and that, you know, um, exactly like it's just so that they know you're there, even though, you know, these are my boundaries. Like I can't keep staying up all night. Like I can't. So if you can't be home by like 12, then, you know, just let me know you're safe. Like, let me know where you are. Just send me a quick message. Like that's all I ask for. Um, that kind of thing is like, because then, you know, I could actually sleep and like not worry and then be able to wake up and work. Um, so, you know, little things like that, like loving from, from a distance. And now mine, mine just disappeared. So um, he, he removed himself from my life. So um, now I love from a distance with an imaginary wall of amethyst crystal and I send him pure energy. But at the same time, it's like, I got to save myself and take my life back together, which I, I have and I'm doing and still mm-hmm. healing, still healing. But um, yeah, I, I, I really do appreciate Yanni, you being on the show and sharing your story of strength and resilience and your bounce back and your ability to um, be sober. And, um, and also, I would love to, if you want to share, you know, what you're doing now, what you're up to now, how you're helping the world and being of service. Yeah, sure. So I started a company called Raw in Recovery. And uh, why I chose Raw is because I believe I'm real. Like I don't take any alter medication. I don't smoke. Like I, I like I didn't go from a, like a, I don't touch anything that alters my mind today. Nothing at all, right? So real in recovery. Like for me, I I take it to heart because recovery saved my life. So what I do is uh, I sober coach. I do sober companion. 
okay? And I do, I give three month, three month programs, uh, like a workshop, individual workshop. I can do it uh, face to face. I can do it on Zoom. And uh, we go through a process together. We go through a process and uh, I'm open to phone calls in between. And like my, my, my sole purpose is to, to help people. My sole purpose is to get people, to help people get clean, not to get people clean, to help them get clean because it, it's, you know, like my services, like I guarantee my services, I cannot guarantee the outcome, right? Because it takes, it takes a lot of work. You know, you have to really want it. Uh, 50, they say that 50% of the job is done when, when you, in your mind, you're ready to, to stop, like when you're ready to change, in other words. That's what I do. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Like I, I, I have, I know a lot of resources, a lot of places across Canada, actually, in, uh, in treatments. Uh, I can refer uh, to client, to, I can refer you to treatment centers. I can get you into living sober homes uh, a lot faster. Uh, I, you know, I work with, with a lot of people. Amazing. A lot of people in the addiction world. That is so wonderful. Your your wealth of information and support. And I'm sure, you know, if people want to reach out to you, I'm going to have all your links in the show notes. And um, I'm sure people will want to reach out to you and, and, you know, help their addicted loved ones as well. So I can't thank you enough for being on the show, Yanni, and being a part of this and, and providing us with your perspective. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidal.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.